We are back. Another week of the mush. Week seven, which is very sad to say because I get so excited to record this podcast and it just means it's another week gone of college football. Uh, good weeks out of everyone. Five and five for Gorney and John. Myself went six and five. Um, and uh, we'll just continue to keep chipping away uh, for overalls. Gorney 35 34, John 28 41, and myself 36 and 33. So we're hanging in there. Someone's making just a little bit of money from us at some point. But we will start with the big game of the week, or one of the games of the week. Uh, Syracuse going to Florida State, 17 and a half. Yeah. So Syracuse has not been playing good football recently. Uh, the offense of letting Garrett Schrader run all over the place is not working. Um, but 17 and a half is a lot of points here. Um, I, I don't love it one way or another. This is not a game that, you know, I think uh, gets out of hand. I can see a 34 20 kind of game. Don't love it. I'm going to take the hook with 17 and a half. I'm going to take the cuse on the road. You know I'm obligated to do the same. Uh, look, Florida State has, for the last couple of years, there's been this like play up or play down to the competition vibe from them, um, and this won't be you know a heralded game for for these guys, especially after some some early season primetime situations. And Virginia Tech sort of hung around last week, and obviously Syracuse is a little bit more uh, progressed uh, than VT, so I think they can hang around as well. And you mentioned Garrett, Garrett Schrader. That's kind of the type of quarterback FSU has struggled with defensively, that dual threat type of guy. So I do think that the Q's can hang around a little bit. And they've got to play better. They were awful the last couple of weeks. So I think they bounce back and, and keep it relatively close, but probably still lose by uh, 10 to 12. I had the opposite approach. I was like, can Florida State beat them by 21? And my answer is yes. So the number four team could definitely cover this. I hate always going third with you guys because you guys always make great points and make me feel like my uh, my picks sometimes uh, don't make sense to probably some people. But I'm going to take FSU. I'll take an uh, at home against Syracuse. Yeah, I actually don't think. Uh, let me just add. I, maybe Syracuse has been figured out a little bit here. Clemson kind of dominated them a little bit, and then North Carolina just blew them out last week. They only scored seven points against a North Carolina defense that has not been vaunted in recent years. So. That's a little bit of an interesting game. I think Syracuse bounces back a little bit. I don't think Florida State loses, but 17 and a half is a lot of points here. All right, let's move on. Okay. Yeah, we got Georgia going to Vanderbilt, 31 and a half. I was actually kind of excited for this game because I believe last week, Gorney, you had some, you talked about some stats that like Vanderbilt was similar to Georgia, right? And obviously there were some numbers that in the long run were, uh, um, were different with that, that separates them. But I remember there's some similarities between the two. Yeah, in no way is Georgia and Vanderbilt the same. One is the best <laughs> in the country and one is maybe the worst. <laughs> so, but, okay, early kick, uh, 31 and a half. So if Vanderbilt gets to 10, Georgia has to get to 42. You know, that that is just right there on either stay away or take Vanderbilt game. This is Georgia going into the bye week. This could be 45 nothing at half, or it could be 10 nothing and they win 28-3. I'm going to take the 28-3 side. Um, I think Georgia kind of dials it back. They're coming off that huge Kentucky win when they basically showed everything they had and just completely blew Kentucky away. 
I know that Georgia only beat Kentucky because of NIL. That is the only reason Mark Stoops, you know, you know, they bought their players. Mark Stoops said that Georgia bought all their players and, and Kentucky doesn't have any money. There's definitely no money in the state of Kentucky. Um, so, so that's the reason why, of course, that's sarcasm. Georgia has beaten them 14 straight times. The average score in those games is 34, 14, uh, NIL had absolutely nothing to do with Georgia pulverizing Kentucky to a pulp last week. I don't think they do the same thing here. I think it's a comfortable 35, 10 win 42, 14, something like that. I'm actually going to take the Commodores on the road. I mean, at home. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Gorney. I think this is just a huge number within the conference. Vanderbilt has kind of slowly tried to improve the depth on that roster. And offensively, they've been okay this year. So I do think that they can potentially move the ball or possess the ball, which will keep Georgia off the field and points off the board, unless, of course, that defense is scoring touchdowns, which is entirely possible. So I don't want to talk myself out of it. I'll take Vanderbilt. Just too many points uh, in the SEC. Well, I'm just going to play it safe and stick to my rules, man. I'm just going to stick with the with the Bulldogs. I don't, no, no real reason. It's just uh, my rules have just have thankfully kept me above 500, and then we'll just we'll let it ride. Um, and I, I'm sad that my memory failed me of the Vanderbilt-Georgia comparison. But Yeah, I don't know what I, should, I, don't should, know what I was saying there. I, I, it was something like the offense, like the how you're talking about the offense of Georgia and like how Vanderbilt and them had like similar numbers, but it was like the defense was like, like Vanderbilt's go like a hundred points to like Georgia give it up two, but like the offense oh. had like similar numbers in that sense. But oh yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, that's all right. Here, uh, Arkansas is going to Alabama. Another kind of big line for an SEC game, nineteen and a half. Yeah, this is a this is a big one, um, and this is sort of an interesting game because uh, Arkansas is four and one in their last five ATS on the road in the SEC. So. They're not a bad road team to bet on. I'm not crazy about this Alabama offense. I think Sam Pittman's on a little bit of a of a hot seat here, and, and I don't know if it's rightfully so. They lost by seven at you know to BYU, which is a tough team. They went to LSU and lost by a field goal, uh, twelve to Texas A&M on a neutral field, and only seven last week against Ole Miss. So this is a team that. Uh, isn't really exactly like a two and four football team getting blown off. I, I just don't know if they have much gas left after four straight games at LSU, you know, four straight losses. They play BYU, which is a tough physical team. They go to LSU, they play AM on a neutral field, they go to Ole Miss. Now they have to go to Alabama. That's like four straight road games. I'm gonna take the tide here. I think it's like 28 nothing. I don't think it's a back and forth offensive battle. I'm just going to side with Alabama. I, I just don't know if the Hogs have much left in the tank. That's a really good point. Um, they don't have a power five win, but like you said, they've kept it close every single week. That LSU game, I thought they were going to win uh, there at the end. But, yeah, that stuff wears on you. Uh, and this team outside of K.J. Jefferson is not very, you know, star-laden or senior-laden. So I, I do think that could, you know, that could lead to a blowout in Tuscaloosa 19 and a half feels like a huge number. Uh, so I'll probably side with the hogs just because yeah, they do have to continue to show that competitiveness. Um, but it's only because I don't trust Alabama's offense. Not so much. Um, I'm in line with Arkansas. So I think I'll take the hogs on this one, but I could see, I could see it being a blowout at the end of the day. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, John, I was going to say, I always love your Arkansas takes. You seem like you're the only one on this podcast that always believes in them and takes them and uh, always puts up a good uh, argument for them. But uh, unfortunately, I, yeah, but, but unfortunately, again, I'm sad that it had to be back to back games of my rules, but I got to go with Saban. Always take Saban. I hate this line, but thankfully it's not over 21, I guess, or 23 or something crazy. But I, I do think. Something seems weird about this line at 19 and a half, but um, I'll just I'll just stick with what I know. All right. A nice uh, little Pac-12 matchup here. Oregon going to Washington and it's just a three and a half, a three point game. Go yeah, this, this is the game of the week. This is this has tremendous college football playoff potential. Very interesting line. Very interesting game. And for so many reasons, sharp, there's a sharp bet on Oregon. Uh, the public is kind of split, 54-46 Oregon, but the money is on the Huskies at home. That is very interesting. I, I, I think this is a back-and-forth, high-scoring game. I don't know what the over-under is. I'll check it right now. Uh, it's got to be high, though. It's, I, I would imagine it's well into the 70s. I, uh, on our, 67 on and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the over in this game. I think it's going to be back-and-forth. The weather should be fine. There's some rain coming in and out of Seattle, no surprise. But on that day, uh, on that night, it should be it should be fine. Uh, or there's no there's no one way or another here. Oregon is five and zero against the spread last five games. Washington is five and zero straight up last five games at home. There's no real trends here. On paper, I think Oregon is a slightly better football team, but that place is going to be rocking. I think Washington can score. Um, you know, I, I'm just going to take the Huskies here. I don't absolutely love the pick, but I'm going to take them. I'll go the other way. Like like you said, I think Oregon's roster is just one small step ahead of Washington at this point, particularly on defense. I think these quarterbacks, I mean, they're like, I think literally the two most experienced quarterbacks in America. They both can light it up, dual threats, all of that fun stuff. Um, but I just think Oregon's defense has been playing better football, particularly in the secondary. So if Washington is a little one-dimensional, I, I like Oregon's chances to get off the field or maybe even turn Pennix over uh, at a critical time. So I'll take Oregon. It's basically a pick em, but uh, it should be definitely the best game of the weekend. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely a pick em. Best game all around. And to me, the only thing it's going to come down to is who was the home team. If Oregon was home, I'm taking Oregon. But since Washington's home, I will take the Huskies. They've actually just done very well for me this year. Whenever we have, whenever I pick Washington, they always seem to cover and cover by a lot. I mean, Oregon's a great team, but I, Washington just looks really good all around. Um, I love them at home. All right, we go. We move on. Texas A&M going to Tennessee, and it's a three and a half point game. Yeah, what's interesting here is that the line opened um, at seven. The the public jumped on it. It's gone down to three. And the money is kind of following AM here. I there's just I think there's just this sense that Texas AM's defensive line is going to blow up Tennessee's offensive line and get Joe Milton to make mistakes. Um, that is a lot to believe in. Uh, Tennessee is seven and one against the spread last eight games at home. Um, and the actually the over has hit five of the last seven times AM has been on the road. So the defense on the road is not the same defense at home. The public loves AM here. The money's following them, which you should actually kind of trail. I'm going to take Tennessee. This is not a game that I love. <clears throat> I think it could go either way. I'm not entirely in love with Joe Milton. 
or honestly that Tennessee offense um, in, in totality. It's not nearly as good as it was last year. Um, but I'm going to take Tennessee here, the home environment, you know, Max Johnson on the road in a big time, big time environment in Tennessee. I think they kind of choke and I think Tennessee uh, pulls it out close one. Yeah, this, this could be a funky game. I think this is one where it's going to be turnovers. It's going to be, you know, a late, you know, 70 yard bomb. There's going to be something weird at Neyland for this one. Um, but I like a I just think their defense is one step ahead. Um, and offensively, I don't really trust either quarterback, um, but at least Texas A&M has uh, a little bit of a run game and some weapons that can get the ball to, uh, and those guys can make plays, you know. So I'll take A&M on the road, but like you, I, I don't love it. I think this is a funky, voodoo, weird SEC game, so it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, games like this I I don't love. Like you guys always said, it's a funky game, It's and I don't know really what to go with, so I try to – be like you guys, the experts, and I try to think like Gorney, and what do I think the final score would be? And every time, it just always came down to a field goal. And because of that, like kind of like gut feeling, that decision, I'll just go with A&M because for some reason it just feels like a field goal game. And um, it, it, this is actually probably a really fun game to watch. I just have no idea. I, I, yeah. say, I probably do the over-under more than anything. Yeah, what's crazy about this game is I actually do like the under. And, and the reason is because – Tennessee running the ball is 17th nationally. They're not going to run the ball against that front. So uh, they are 114th passing. That's that's incredible. That that is hard to believe. Yeah, Josh uh, Yeah. So so if I I think the over under is 54 and a half. I'm seeing a 27-17 kind of game one way or another. 27-20, 21, something like that. I just don't think it's back and forth high scoring. Um, but I also was on the under on Alabama and Georgia last week and lost both. So don't listen to me. All right. I was going to say also with Tennessee, like I haven't watched too, too many of their games. It just always seems like if Joe Mill can hit the deep ball, it's going to be a good game for Tennessee. If they don't, it just feels like sometimes the offense can be a little lost. And obviously you said like the run's been better, but, um, uh, that's what I say. The line just looks fishy, but Joe, I've, we saw Joe throw in person. He just throw it just an absolute mile with ease. So it's crazy to see Okay, Auburn is going to LSU, 11 and a half. Yeah, another game that that is interesting here, and another one that I don't necessarily love. Um, sharp bet on Auburn at 11 and a half. I sort of get it. I think they're kind of coming into their own a little bit, but I'm, I'm taking this as a matchup of the quarterbacks, um, and I'm just going to take Jaden Daniels here. Uh, Auburn... Oh man, they played Georgia so well, and I think a lot of people are 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 following in that in that game. But I think what we see on Saturday night, and it's not nearly as good of a defense. I see. I think we see more of a, a game like Auburn played against Texas A and M two weeks ago, when they couldn't do nothing against Texas A and M's defense. I think LSU can score. I just don't think Auburn can keep up. So. I'm going to take LSU here. I don't love it. If the game was at Auburn, I'd probably take Auburn. Um, I'm just going to side with LSU. 11 and a half is a lot of points, uh, which means you're probably thinking that it's a lot of points, which it's not enough points. So take LSU. Yeah, LSU can score with anybody. They've they've shown that all year. The problem is they can't stop anybody on the other side of the ball. But this Auburn offense, I think, will make any defense a little bit more confident. They're pretty one-dimensional. Um, I think LSU could, you know, could actually use Harold Perkins the right way and let him let him roll downhill 
in this type of game. Uh, so, yeah, I think LSU can get into the 30s. I don't see Auburn getting into the 20s. So I think LSU could win this by, by 14. Uh, so 11 and a half doesn't feel like too much. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I The back-to-back games where I have no idea, I'd probably go the over-under. Uh, I'm actually going to take Auburn here. I do – I like the way they look the past couple games. I know LSU has looked great. I mean, they they barely won. Like, LSU is going to win this game, and I just hope Auburn just keeps it close um, and maybe make some little mistakes on defense just to help the line. But I'll probably regret saying Auburn in this pick, but for some reason I just – I think they'll they'll keep it around seven. So. We move on. Miami is going to North Carolina, three and a half. <laughs> this is another one. Now, does Miami come out completely PO'd about what happened last week, or do they come out completely embarrassed and they can't stop what has been maybe an underrated North Carolina team? North Carolina has been very impressive this year. They, they dominated Syracuse last week. Uh, they beat Carolina by two touchdowns. Um, you know, this is a this is a good football team. So this all depends. I'm gonna have to hit up my sources inside the Miami locker room pregame before I can make my final pick here to see what's going on. Uh, what they did last week was inexcusable. I mean, it's just so dumb. I mean, it's really like peewee level football coaching. I mean, you you kneel the ball down and the game is over. Instead, you're handing the ball off and. Shannon Dawson said it was his fault and Cristobal said it was his fault. It's everybody's fault. I actually think I saw some clips. I think Cristobal said, why don't you, why don't we kneel this out? And then Alex Mirabal is yelling, kneel, kneel, kneel. And Shannon Dawson is calling running plays. It's just so dumb. So I just don't know if they lost the locker room because of it, or if they come out and kick North Carolina's ass. I just don't know because of that. I'm going to take Carolina at home. Uh, Their, their offense can score against anybody. Yeah, I agree with Carolina's offense. I think that they'll be able to put up points. But, yeah, Miami just so many things went wrong, even before that point. Tyler Van Dyke threw a bunch of picks. It was a game where you just kept turning it on, like, is Georgia Tech still hanging around? Oh, they are. You know, so I'll I'll watch a little bit more. Um, It was just kind of Miami's dud game even before the the mental issues that that went down at the end of it. So they've got to bounce back. And, And I do think the strength, of this this hurricane team is the pass rush and the secondary so that does sort of line up with drake may so i'll take the u in a bounce back they've been really good outside of that game um and they'll have a, a huge chip on their shoulder as as per usual <laughs> you know i was actually gonna almost make this my lock of the week for north carolina just because of the miami like georgia tech game and i agree Gorney. like i i don't know what miami's gonna really do coming out of this, like how they're going to rebound. And that, and that definitely scared me, but I'm definitely going to take North Carolina in the end. Um, and I, I agree. They're definitely an underrated team. I think they should kind of be higher than 12, but um, Drake's awesome. That whole, uh, that, that offense is very explosive and they'll, uh, and I love them at home. So I'll give me North Carolina. All right. Another big matchup of the week. USC is going to Notre Dame uh, two and a half. Yes. So this is one of the best rivalries in college football. There's a sharp bet on Notre Dame. The public slightly likes Notre Dame. There's been some money coming in on USC to flip it. So the money is slightly flipped to USC. Uh, Now let's look at the numbers. 
Gordon, as I say, was there any weather issues? Because I saw on social media that the uh, coaches were using water spray, like water bottles to like yes. spray the, the pump There returns. will be showers Practice. in the area, 40 to 50% chance of showers, which leads me to think Notre Dame has the edge there. But for the sharp betters out there, weather means the offense has the advantage, believe it or not. It's that true. means the defense has to turn and run in wet weather against a guy who's going straight. That is good for the offense. That means USC, uh, I'm taking USC, and here's why. Notre Dame is 6-1 and one in the last seven games at home. Their only loss in that time was when they had 10 people on the field against Ohio State. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Notre Dame, 5-0 and oh straight up in its last five games when playing at home against USC. Now, betters look at that and go, man, USC's, USC sucks on the road at Notre Dame. You have to remember, this. these were the years of – uh, Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, and Clay Helton. Lincoln Riley's offense is far superior. Notre Dame's off defense has been very, very good, but USC's offense is faster than anything they've ever seen, far faster than Ohio State and what they tried to do there. I'm taking USC. The, the, the pressure they're going to put on that Notre Dame defense all night is going to be too great. If the winds start howling and the rain starts going, then I could, might, might change my pick later. It's only supposed to be showery, showery, some storms maybe, nothing too bad, USC. Look, USC played their dead game maybe last week, right? So you expect you expect one of those, even if you're a very good team and you got to find a way to win it. They did. I just think mentally they're at a better place than Notre Dame. We talked about Arkansas going through a gauntlet. Notre Dame has also gone through one over the last month or so. So even though they're at home, I think USC has too much offensive firepower, even if it's just Caleb Williams with, you know, a minute 20 left at the end. I, I like the Trojans chances there. So uh, give me give me USC on the road and, and a really big win for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I mean, if anyone's kept up, I feel like I've rode Notre Dame to this five and two record and I really wanted to take them. But the fact that SC gets the points, their offense will score, like Dorney said, like, if it's going to be any kind of weather, it's going to be an offensive game. And SC will um, definitely pull out the win and keep it around. But it kills me to just go against Notre Dame like that because <laughs> I have sweated out a lot of games from them. I'm not even going to take them in the big one. So, All right, North Carolina State is now going to Duke. Uh, three three points. What a thriller. What a thriller we got here. So, <laughs> You know, you got to throw one of those. Right? A couple of backup QBs slinging it. Jeez, please. This is. This, this should have been our opener before, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't. No feel on this game. Like like John said, backup quarterbacks. <clears throat> North Carolina State's 10-2 and two straight up the last 12 times they've played Duke. But Duke is a much better team than North Carolina State is right now. I think that, you know, um, I like what Elko is doing there. They don't have Riley Leonard, but still – I think that they kind of eke out a win here. I, not a game I'm interested at all. It might be on the CW, which I see is now covering some games. So uh, I, I'm just not. I'm just not into this. I'll take Duke just because I think they're probably better. Man, the Pac-12 couldn't even get CW. <laughs> um, look, I, I think this is yeah. This is an ugly, low-scoring game. Take the under. I think it's 45 on, on the Yahoo Sportsbook. Um, look, Duke at home, defense, Mike Elko, uh, just better prepared. NC State, I, I just don't know. They've been way too up and down at this point. And three, three is fine, even with a backup. Duke can run the football, and we know they can play defense. So I'll take the Blue Devils. 
Look, was I not aware that it was a bunch of backup quarterbacks playing? Sure. And I just wanted to give some love to some other teams that we didn't talk about. And you know what? I'll, I'll own it. And sometimes my picks for the weeks are not always perfect. But I'll just we'll move past this. And I'm just going to take Duke. And hopefully we all just get the win and we move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, we wrap it up with UCLA going to Oregon State. Three and a half. Yes, UCLA. Now, Dante Moore will be very, very good, but he has thrown some bad interceptions so far this year, and I'm not thrilled about it, especially because I had them at Utah a few weeks ago. Um, they beat Washington State last week. Good win, but a come-from-behind win. They had to really kind of make some things happen in the fourth quarter there to get the cover. I'm, I'm looking for the trends in this game. Um, I think it's an interesting I think it's an interesting one because UCLA is five and0 against the spread the last five times that they've played in Corvallis. So uh, while many teams have had trouble playing there, um, UCLA has not. they've they've won five of the last six there and they've covered five straight times. But Oregon State is 10 and one against the spread in the last 11 games at home. I think this is an interesting game, not one. I'm too, I would be too thrilled about betting, but based on trends and a sharp bet on UCLA, I'm going to take the Bruins here. I think they win outright. Yeah. Toss up game. Um, look, Oregon state's at home. I think DJU is coming into his own. I think he played his best game last week. Um, I'll take Oregon state just, you know, veteran versus freshman QB, two really good defenses. So that, that home field advantage, I do think will, show itself uh, before that game ends, but I could see it going either way for sure, but I'll, I'll take the Beavers. Yeah, I'm also going to take Oregon State here. I think they're a pretty good football team. We've uh, had some good success when every time we take them. Um, Dante's still a freshman. He always kind of looks – he's looked really good and really bad, and in the end I think DJ with, with that team will hold it out and uh, take the win. So let's wrap it up with locks of the week. Um John, I didn't miss one, right? You didn't you didn't say one earlier, right? Nope. Neither do you, Gorney. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead, Gorney. I want to start it with uh, your D3 pick of the week or what? All right. Let me paint John a picture. <laughs> Let me paint a picture here for you guys. The Troy Trojans. Okay. They are four and two. They only give up 2.9 yards per carry, 86 rushing yards a game. They are in a perfect position because they are going to Army. And what does Army do? Yes, they are changing up the offense a little bit. Out of, they've passed the ball 79 times in five games. They've run it 237 times. They're going to try to run the ball against Troy, but Troy's front will say no. Troy, just like South Alabama last week, was the perfect pick. Troy is the perfect pick this week and for other reasons as well, which I'm calling up right now. Hold on. Troy, 15 and two straight up in its last 17 games, seven and one ATS last eight, last eight times on the road. They're not going to West Point to get slaughtered by the army. They're going to make army one dimensional. Plus the public likes the army. I don't like the army. I like Troy. All the money's on Troy. Sharp bet on Troy. Troy's the play. Easiest money of the week. Love that. I'll go to the ACC with a little more familiarity. <laughs> Look, Louisville's been awesome. 
this year, right? They had the one dud game, but they found a way to win it against NC State. Obviously, the huge uh, win over Notre Dame last week with that great defense. And now they go to Pitt. So I was I was kind of scrolling the lines here. Seven and a half. Not too much to ask for the Cardinals going to Pitt. Pitt's one and four. They don't know what they're doing offensively. And Louisville finally looks like it's figured its offense out with balance and that running attack along with a great defense. Those two things travel seven and a half, not scary. I don't know if Pitt gets to 14 in this game. I think Louisville can comfortably get into the 20s. So my lock of the week is Louisville on the road minus seven and a half at Pitt. Okay. I'm going to go, I'll try to mix it up. I'm going to go James Madison. They're going against Georgia Southern. James Madison five and zero. they have won some pretty good games. I mean, obviously like, Good for them. I mean, they got Virginia, Troy, Utah State, South Alabama. I mean, nothing great. George Southern it does have a good record. They did lose to Wisconsin and beat Citadel, UAB, just, just whatever. And the line's only six. I think it's not scary at all. I think James Masters looked good all year, at least with the, the spread. And they, uh, they, I always see, I always feel like I always see their highlights every, every Saturday throughout the game, throughout the, the Saturday broadcasts of how they're doing and big plays. So, I'll switch it up. Give me James Madison. But with that, that has been the mush. Myself, Adam Gorney, John Garcia Jr. Please follow us on all our on please follow all our handles on all the platforms. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment. I'll try to do my best to either respond or ask the guys on the show. But um, until next time, we'll see you guys week eight. Thank you.